welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I had a couple of quotes from my girls' messages I wanted to share with you to start out. I want to talk tonight about the voice of the covenant. Pam said, we must learn to discern what falls into the category of covenant and communion. Don't you love that? You know, part of... Wow, I've got some reverb on, don't I? Do I? Just a little bit. It's good, right? I feel like I'm in a hole, but yeah, I'm good, right? Does that sound good? Okay. I think that... <clears throat> man, I... I I'm so just over full today of, of what God is opening up to us. You know, um, Shudi shared with me a dream that Cheryl had about <laughs> this crazy, phenomenal world of unexplainable goodness. And the portal is open. And, you know, I, I sort of started out tonight with just telling you a little story, but, you know, there's, there's, there's a hundred details to that story I don't have time to share tonight. And, you know, part of the reason why that I share these events that we experience is, is, you know, I want us, I want so much for the supernatural to become your norm. I want you to hunger. I want you to, to go to bed at night and check and say, what did I do on a supernatural scale? Not did I even listen to him today. But how was my, how was my destiny fulfilled today and what I experienced in my world? And uh, I think it's really good because one of the things that that we all have to learn is is way more about discernment. You know, most of the, most of us think about it. Um, what is what is being understood today? So, like in my lifetime, when I was young, when I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old, was the first time I heard about personalities and boundaries. I remember that I'm, I'm pretty sure my parents were married around 30 years when I when I talked to them about personalities for the first time. You know, my dad used to say he was a penguin, not a sanguine. That just, of course, to a sanguine that sounded funner, funner right? To say, who needs these special names, right? And so that became sort of a cool thing that we could explore. Hey. The reason why you're being an idiot is because you're a choleric and you're mean. I mean, and then that was an eye-opening thing. Oh, well, I don't have to be choleric and mean. That's, this is not like I didn't get up on the wrong side of the bed. But then what happened was that became obsolete and we realized, wait, I might be experiencing these things because God wants me to be the breakthrough for somebody else in the very area that I'm experiencing. Where do we go from here? What's the next big revelation? What's the next big aha moment? I propose it's, it's in this praying ahead. 
I propose that that I wish in no in September I'd wrote Dalton's name somewhere. And today it wouldn't have been like a I mean, I was just so thankful she remembered. I mean, would you remember what you had for breakfast September 9th? I mean, that's the beautiful part of being a good steward is that she just whipped out her Evernote and there it was in her hundreds of dreams. See, I, I want us, I want to challenge us. It's not going to do any good. Like Bill said, it's not going to do any good to criticize your immaturity. It's a guarantee. Criticism of what you're not good at makes you never grow and be better. It's not a motivator. That's 70s. We use that in the 70s. Don't shake your head. Y'all weren't born. We use that in the 70s. I was trying to get Jack and Gwen to help me. We used that in the 70s because we thought that's the antidote to religion because we didn't even know we were in religion. I remember years ago this group used to sing, what if I have fallen to the bottom of a well and I think I'm on a mountaintop? And so think about it tonight that God is looking for a way to speak to you on a consistent basis. It's the voice of the covenant. And he's looking for someone who stewards. You know, we did something we've never done before. We usually pray with people every time we go somewhere. It's not a big, it's not a thing anymore. But today we wrote them information on how to facilitate healing. First time. And we told them the truth about sickness on a card that said, apprehend your destiny. And when we left, we said, this is what we're about. If you need it, call us. And you know what they said? We knew there was something different about you. We knew there was something different. See, it would have been good for us to pray for them. There's a next step, y'all. Listen, there is a place where God is trying to pull us into, that we're not so skittish to even just get a little track in there or a little thing in there about God bless you. You know, I was I went to the doctor yesterday to get my little blood work done, you know, so I can balance out all those things that are doing, I don't know what they're doing. The beauty of being a woman. And I was sitting there, and I went into the little lady. She's another one of my milk chocolate girls. And she says to me, I said, how are you doing today? She said, blessed. I said, I'm exactly the same as you. <laughs> I knew I had to end with her already. But I, when she was taking my blood, I looked at her, and I said, there's power in the blood. There's power and it's so funny because later on, Mendel was telling me about this guy saying, there's power in our blood. That we're really a four-part being. The fourth part being the blood. We're the only thing with this kind of blood. He said, that's why that God, he's the illuminating power. She can say it better than me of the blood. But she said, well, that's why when you put a flashlight on your hand, it illuminates something. It's illuminating the blood because it's the light. Wow. 
That, that's what separates us. And see, when I realize I am made in the image of God, don't you love that picture that when I've got the armor of God, see, it's not enough. We, we have to become more aware of, of actually all that's provided in the covenant. You know, I'm a little bit enamored with the royals, as you know. And so recently, you know, Harry and Meghan, you know, they, they, they needed to descend. They needed to get away from the royal family because they've been so oppressed by the royal family. So they got their $12 million mansion, I mean, house in Los Angeles, and they got a place in Canada that defected to Canada, and they went on Oprah. Did anybody watch it? Come on, confess. Come on. I'm look. Okay, just checking. Did you watch it? Anybody watch it? Because Oprah, what? She gets you. <laughs> she gets you. And and guess what? They got to share their plight. Well, meanwhile, I I, I watch this Sky Australia news every now and then because they make fun of Americans so much. It is the how gullible we are how stupid we are, how we believe this American media and acting like, you know, everything's fine. <laughs> Up there in the column house. And, but they, it was, they were making fun of them saying, yeah, your plight is so horrible. You know, you just, you just have all this money and mansions and you just got to get away from it all. You just got to get away. See, we all have different viewpoints of what is a struggle for us personally. Would you want to just exchange a little bit? I mean, like, because why? I mean, like, you got servants, you know, you watch The Crown or Downton Abbey, you got all these servants and all these people, all you just lay in bed and they open the curtains for you and there is your tea and crumpets right there <laughs> in bed. How many want... Just really, be honest, how many every now and then you wish I'd come over and I'd have tea and crumpets for you and open the curtains? You would love me more. I could probably have more entrance into your life because, right, I've served you well. And see, the thing of it is, is that the, the voice of the covenant, think about it, it is, it is a voice that's always calling us to a different place. And, and I love it. We can hate on what we have all day long, and we'll never have more. I love, I think, I don't even know if I wrote it down. Let me see if I did. Bill said something about, hold on. I don't think he wrote it down. He was talking about how that, that when we hear his voice and we obey it, that obedience creates more activity for our gifts. Because see, think about it like this. Just like in a car, when I push on the gas, it sends a signal to something else. There's not a couple of little, you know, guys are in the car, they're just moving, right? There, it's, it is wired to send a signal to the things in the car that make the thing turn, that makes the car go, right? It's all interconnected. See, that's the way that God constructed us. He, he intended for 
the voice of the covenant, the voice of, of who Jesus is. He's living in us. It connects. That's why Jesus said, I only want to do what I see the Father doing. Because why? He was hearing the voice. He was hearing something. And so we're wired. Do you believe this? We're wired to hear the voice and respond to it. That's why if you're predisposed to a yes, you have more opportunity for a chance of the voice being obeyed. See, the voice is looking for an opportunity to connect with your gifts and to send the signal. I've pushed on the gas and here we're going. This is what we're going to accomplish. And see, you're going to travel down a road that someone needs what level of maturity you are currently on. That's why it's silly to hate on our level of maturity. We're pre-wired to be covenant people. We're pre-wired to be mentored. We're pre-wired to have discipline. We're pre-wired. See, you know, one thing I have to brag on, bro. So, you know, when I first met Aaron, he came in. I tell you about this all the time. He had on his cool hat and his long hair. Met me at 1721. He, he now cracks up about what he was thinking then about me. I wasn't thinking about him. I didn't know him. But he had a whole agenda. Suave Rico came in. <laughs> right? But see, it took him a while. Last night I gave him some correction. And he loves it. He's one of those people. I think Pam said it about herself. She's one of those people that I can say anything to and it doesn't even have to come out pretty. I don't have to have it all rehearsed and I don't have to, I can be on the spot saying, man, I don't know what happened, but this is what I'm feeling. This is what the Holy Spirit says. And he told me to tell you this and I think you need to change this. And, and he will go home and he will ask the Holy Spirit what I really meant. And he'll call me back to see if this is really what I meant. Because why? My, I don't, he didn't care how I deliver it. I can give him one of them boxes of puzzles and he goes home and he moves all the pieces around. He says, is this the picture you mean? And I can be like, no, that really wasn't it. Okay, well, I'll get back with you. Let me check. So what he did. He went home and he sent me, and this is what I think you're saying. And I said, well, let's sleep on it. That's not exactly it. So he, said, he called me back again this morning. He said, okay, this is what I think it is. And we had... And what is it? It's an amazing conversation that I am actually teaching him to be a son. And he actually wants to be a son of God, not a son of Tisa. A son of God. And I'm saying as a son of God, you are destined. You are destined to be great. You're destined to be this man. You're destined to lead people to know you're destined to champion people. But you've got to change this. You've got to shave this off here. You've got to cut this off. I told him it was like trimming the fat and getting to the filet mignon. We may not quite be there yet, but there is a filet inside him. And I'm going to trim and trim and trim until it is the best thing served up. And see, that's what you were meant to do. The voice of the covenant is calling you into relationship. That says, come and trim, and come and trim, and come and trim, because I don't want you to serve me up all fatty. Yes. 
that was just me talking about what Pam said there. Now, Lenny said, she said, these are my paraphrases, of course, that the belt of truth protects our loins or the reproductive area. And truth protects what we reproduce. So take that thought and apply what I was saying about God's armor. See, I wish I could invite you into a discovery of God kind of truth. You know, today I was reading in my little Bible gateway and it has little articles that you might want to, you might be interested in. And one of them says, it said, why are there locusts or what scriptures are there about locusts in the Bible? Did you know today was the first day in my low 58 years that I discovered locusts and grasshoppers are the exact same thing. I thought locusts were those things that hung on a tree and they lose their little skin and they get all crusty. Didn't you? Anybody else think that? No, Jay don't. He's over there shaking his head, a bunch of dumb idiots he's sitting here. (laughs) A locust and the grasshopper, they had a picture of a grasshopper And it said locusts, and I said, how silly. (laughs) They don't know what they're talking about. They put a picture of a grasshopper, and they're talking about locusts. Oh, Bible tools, you're so silly. Do you have no editor? Oh, contraire, it was Teresa all along. What are those things called? Cicadas are those things hanging on the tree. Who knew that besides Jay? Oh, look, it's just the melons. See, I didn't know. Only the melons and Jay raised their hand. We did not know. See, it's in that moment. That's how truth has an opportunity to change you. How many have ever argued just to discover? You were an idiot the whole time. See, think about it. God's truth is an ever-unfolding tapestry for you to live your life on top of. It's His truth that lights the way. It's His truth that gives you opportunity. It's His truth that anoints you. It's His truth that gives you relationship. Just think, if we were in relationships that there was no truth. See, when, that's the point. When God puts people together, He wants them to be together in spirit and in truth. He wants the truth to protect what you reproduce. That's why whether you're being a good worker or a good husband or a good something else, if you don't have truth, you're reproducing after like kind. So that's the two things the girl said. I am. I love that the voice of the covenant becomes, I think Bill said it like this, it becomes more distinguishable, I would say, he meant to say, with experience. Thank you. It just becomes more, just like, have you ever met somebody brand new and they call you? When you hear their voice on the phone, Doesn't your mind start thinking, who is this? Of course, now we have caller ID and we know, right? They called me about my car warranty again today. 
And, you know, I almost, they almost hooked me. Until I heard them say, hi, this is Tim with so-and-so. And then I realized it was a recording. We're calling about your, your car warranty. And I said, of course you are. I said, I don't want, I'm not going to be wondering what Tim's voice sounds like tomorrow. I don't care about Tim. If he ever calls again, he will. He'll be calling again tomorrow around 2 o'clock. That's what time he calls every day. So I've learned this cool feature on my phone called blocking. See, I propose to you that part of the reason you struggle distinguishing God's voice from other people's voices because you don't know the block feature. Have you ever thought you just need to... See, what, what I think we grew up doing was we just wanted the plethora of information. And we wanted to be able to pick and choose what we agreed with and didn't agree with. Anybody? That's your generation. My generation didn't do that. We didn't have time for that. We were trying to eat. And so now you have a smorgasbord of addictive information. And see, your soul became acquainted with that voice. Your soul, you're a covenant person. You're designed by God to listen to voices and to obey them. And see, no one taught us you better protect what you let come in because it has an agenda behind it. And see, the thing of it is, we weren't smart. We didn't realize who, whose agenda was behind the music, whose agenda was behind the post, whose agenda was behind Dr. Google. We've just become, we just, been, we just got woke up. What is this cancel culture thing? I mean, where, uh, where did that come from? We don't even get that that agenda has been going on a long time in other areas. You just didn't figure it out yet. And so then they can introduce a bill in the house and a guy that's Jewish can stand up and say, we don't care about God's will in this Congress. And that just happened last week. We don't care in the United States of America's Congress about God's will. When someone's standing up there saying this equality bill is going against the entire will of God and a guy can stand up who's Jewish and say, we don't care. Now you got a little criticism from his Jewish friends. But how did he get there? So the ability to distinguish his voice, I liked, I liked another thing Bill said. He said that God protects you by not giving you more revelation. Remember he read that scripture about the parable and he said, it's been hidden because see, with truth and revelation becomes responsibility. That's why if you've heard me say something in here and you thought it was truth one time and then you didn't act on that truth, 
and you went out and you did something against that truth, the next time you hear that truth, it'll be harder because it, you, it will work through a fence. So then you, it's like you've got a blanket on you then trying to get out of it to get to truth when it was free before. Because, see, you are covenant people, and so you're made to distinguish between the voice of God and the voice of everything else. And what he said was, it's in my willingness to obey first. Just ask yourself this question. Do you think God would ask you to do something that you wouldn't be willing to do? It's a really good question, isn't it? Do you think God would ask you something? I propose to you that he wouldn't. I propose that he wouldn't ask you to do something you weren't willing to do because he already knew whether you would be willing. You had a no up front. All the things he's asking you to do, he already knows you'll do them. And see, when you struggle to do them, when I say, listen, it's not about you, and you still wake up every day thinking, yeah, I'm pretty sure I got cancer today. You're not getting it. We left that bridge four or five years ago. You're not going to be able to pray ahead if you're still thinking everything's you. I'm telling you, you know, I've been reading this feeler, feeler book, and he's saying, we didn't learn this. We have all of these amazing gifts. We have this amazing voice of the covenant. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, all this crazy stuff to make life amazing and we don't utilize it we can't be obedient beyond discomfort we can't be obedient beyond inconvenience i see it happening in our little tribe all the time somebody asks somebody to do something well i don't know if i can do that or not i hear it all the time we are participating in not having a yes. We are. I mean, just look at your life. You are. And when, and when that voice has no place in you, it has to pass you by because your yes isn't, isn't available. I know what it's like. To do something that's inconvenient. A lot. I know what it's like to be tired and have 25 things that I have to decide or figure out. See, because the voice of the covenant, it doesn't really care whether you're tired. It actually, if you could ever understand this, Actually, obedience creates energy. Obedience creates, I don't know, is inertia a good word? It creates momentum. To know that you're expected to be looking around, seeing where you can fill in gaps. Did you know in our little group, and we're little, I've gone to churches of six, seven, ten thousand people. 
This is itty, bitty, teeny weeny. Right? But we have gaps. We have gaps where nobody's checking with anybody. Nobody knows. I'm running around. I sent Pam over the other day to go fix Aubrey's light. Everybody was doled out. Pam, can you go? She's like, how about I take them lunch? No, just go fix the light. Why? Because Pam would go over and above all the time. I'm like, no, just go fix the light. See, whenever we follow the voice of the covenant, it's always pulling us into relationship. It's making opportunity relationally when it wasn't even necessarily needed. I love this. I mentioned it earlier that Bill was talking about how the that God had so many languages. Isn't that a cool way to look at it? We're so funny. We think he speaks American. <laughs> don't we really? I mean, no. Do you ever sit and think about all the things about God you know you'll never understand? Or does that scare you? <laughs> Scary people? Who's scared about that? Come on, be honest. Who does that? Who sits around and thinks about all the things you know you'll never understand about God? I do, all the time. Eternity's my favorite. What? How long is that? That's my favorite question. How long is eternity? That's my favorite question. How long? How long will that be? Because why? I only know what it feels like to operate in time. That's how big my brain is. So when I hear the word eternity, I try to smash eternity down into my brain that's this big so I can understand it. I will explain it to you because it's here now. See, everything about God that we try to do that, we try to smash God's ways down into the smallest portion of us where we will not be scared. We don't want to serve a God like that. To think that he said in all of eternity, the vastness of God will never be completely discovered by all people forever in eternity. And I think I've got it all figured out right now and I... This is amazing what we're experiencing, but I am telling you, there is so much more. He said that, I love this, he said that God loves to make a deposit in our spirit that may take days, weeks, months, years to unfold. Because see, the deposit creates hunger. I remember the very first time I ever experienced his presence in worship. I had been to thousands of song services where we sang courses and hymns. I never missed a service when the door was open until I was probably, when I met Pam, we started missing, wasn't it, Pam? No, I'm just kidding. I was probably 30. Never missed. But I remember where I was. 
I was at home. And I remember somebody hitting just all the right, all their little fingers hit the right places and his presence walked in the room. And I remember Pam and I used to say, why, why isn't everybody having this? And I learned then that his presence was intended for us to experience all the time. But it only comes through humility. You know, somebody came up here tonight and they were saying, I think I have pride. And I said, well, actually, you have humility. So bummer for you if you're trying to get rid of pride because you're actually getting rid of the very gift of God that he's using in you to give you truth. We do that so much of the time. We've, we've figured out something about us that somebody said that we were. Somebody who knew us, who knew Papa as a son and daughter, who gave us those encouraging words, breathed on us the breath of God. And we've been trying to kill it ever since. We've been trying to kill the very thing that he wants us to refine. Do you not see that we're working against the voice of the covenant? So he wants to set you up. I told bro this today. He wants to set you up to make you step out there and do something. Just so it gets trimmed. He loves to trim. But see, I can't ever get trimmed if I don't step out there. I can't ever get trimmed if I'm not pressing toward the voice, pressing toward the destiny. I gave somebody else this really good analogy. I said, I felt like it was really good. It was the Holy Spirit all the way. I, when I was a kid, my dad and I, we would go to the car wash because we love, I waxed my car every weekend. I know you don't even know what wax is. Wax on, watch, watch that karate kid. I knew y'all would help me if I paused one second. You're in there! <laughs> that movie, <clears throat> there it is. And so, we had a thing called a chamois. Anybody know what a chamois is? Look at us, we are covenant people. And at the car wash, they had a little doodad. You would stick the chamois in. Does anybody know what this is? And he would wind, wind, wind. Does anybody not know what I'm talking about right now? Okay. These are the people who never clean their car. So <laughs> at the car wash, there's these two rollers like this. And you put the chamois in and you roll and it pulls the chamois out. And what is it doing? Why? Why does the chamois need to be ringed out? Why can't you just take that wet old chamois? You know, when the chamois dry... It's like a piece of cardboard. You get it wet, then you run it through the ringer. Why is that? I was telling them that it's like the chamois is saturated with truth, especially people who are truth tellers. Usually truth tellers aren't feelers. Can I get an amen? Usually truth tellers aren't feelers. But see, truth tellers want to say truth like an old saturated chamois. I just want to throw that thing over there. And see, all it does is soak the person. 
with a weighty animal skin. That's all it does. And see, all truth tellers are frustrated at first. You've been frustrated before you even knew you had the gift of truth. Because you saw wrong, 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 wrong. Why? Stupid. What? Idiot. That's how it felt when you saw someone didn't know truth. Listen to me today, if you can. But see, the voice of the covenant says, I gave you this gift to see that's out of alignment. Not to go hit it over with a stick or call it an idiot because you have the measure of truth to set it aright. But see, if I don't refine my gift, if I don't send that truth gift through the ringer and squeeze out all the stuff that's me, then when I deliver the truth, they can't hear it. Because I either deliver it one of two ways, with harshness and criticism and judgment, and they can feel it, or with such smallness, I just prefer them. Don't want to offend them. I can see they're off. I can see they're going to run through the tree, but I don't want to offend them, right? And then what, what we do as truth tellers, we're like, when they mess up, we're like, I knew it. I knew it. Don't, have, has anyone ever told you that? And you're like, well, why didn't you tell me? Anybody? No, nobody has that. Why don't you tell me? Why? Because truth tellers, the gift of truth has not been wrung out, if you will. It hasn't been refined. And so its delivery is offensive. Or its delivery falls way, way, way short to permissiveness. Then the person doesn't even know they had truth. In fact, that person thinks they're right again. And see, this voice of the covenant, it's... It is speaking through you. It is, it's actually trying to, like I said earlier, it's trying to indicate to the gift in you that this is the place for your gift to be activated. This is the place for your gift to serve. This is the place for your gift to shine. But see, what's happened to us is that we thought those gifts of the covenant were something to make us feel like we're somebody. That's not what our gifts... See, if, if I am not already knowing I'm a somebody to him, my gift can't make that come back to me. It's not a boomerang. That's why all truth has to be based in love. And by the time, as a truth teller, I go through the ringer, I've been stretched out into where all that's left is love. And then when I say something to somebody, just like I say to bro, he knows it's because I love him so much. He knows that I have, I've proven and I've given him great love because I've given him great truth at what? In bite-sized pieces, in the size of pieces that his maturity level can handle. Do I have more truth for him? Absolutely. I have to give it to him at this size because I know where he's at. And see, that's the beauty of covenant. Is that... Am, am I going to be better if he knows he's a son more? Is it going to benefit my life to have somebody in my life that knows that they know that they know that they're a son, that we have, that we have a relational um, rapport 
that I can say things to him and he can say, is, am I going to be better? Of course, because everybody in the room that knows who they are makes everybody in the room better. Everybody in the room that doesn't know who they are, everybody's are always, well, you know, that's just how they are. Well, you know, they got the spirit of truth. <laughs> but they probably are going to deliver it to you in a harsh manner. And it's interesting. I'm just going to bash on you spirit of truth people. <laughs> because they don't want truth told to them hardly. <laughs> Why? Because they need to defend what they did. I have that a lot. Can I help y'all? If I tell you something that you need to work on, it's for the future. Don't tell me why you did what you did in the past. I already know. You just look defensive to me. It's not going to help you. And it makes me know you're too. Because you need to tell me, well, mommy, I was over there in the corner. I'm not even talking about, okay, you doing that made me notice we need to talk about it. So don't, if a mentor comes to you and says, hey, you know, I noticed, say thank you. I'll correct that. They actually were paying attention when you did something that didn't work towards good stewardship. And so they really just saved your life. So why be defensive? Why not just adjust? This is not, when someone brings something to you like that, it's not a discussion about whether it happened. It's a discussion about an event that took place with you involved. That, that should make you feel the most loved. And see, our reaction to the voice of the covenant in somebody else. See, if somebody comes to me and they tell me something is too harsh, I tell them, hey, I know you're telling me truth, but listen, you could tell it to me this way because that's, that's my job too. I know how to be diplomatic. I know how to deliver truth. And I also know how to receive truth. So see, all that should be going on with all of us all the time because covenant people can do both. But see, you can't discount what I say just because I didn't send it in the package you like. If it's truth, it's truth. And see, we can't be so fragile. Right? The last thing I wanted to mention, I was saying it earlier about <clears throat> how that since God speaks, we exist. So I said that earlier about that God spoke and everything about you was created. This is the way that God creates. God doesn't take a little magic wand and go, ding. He speaks. Listen to me. He speaks. And you're made after God. That's why, that's why he wants to be in your belly. That's, that's a scripture I'm sure of. Hang on, I think I... Isn't it? Yeah, here it is. All that are thirsty, come... Come drink. Believe in me so that living water will burst 
from your innermost being and flow out to others. Sounds hard, doesn't it? Believing in Him. That's the part, the level of which I believe Him has to do with that T word we all love, trust. God never has broken your trust. See, if you can be like Jesus, I just take this posture every now and then, forgive them because they don't know what the heck they're doing. When somebody hurts me, it's not the time to paint God on them all of a sudden. You're God. See, we're always making, we want God to pay us back for what people did. If somebody hurt you, it's because they partnered with the herder. Lou, he wants to destroy you. I don't know if you get this. He's got, his, you're in his crosshairs. He's jealous of you. He wants to take you down. So he wants to make you feel like you're not enough. You're less than, you missed it. Can't do it right, going to do it wrong, can't do it, whatever. Just can't, can't, can't. Won't, won't, won't. Right? Yeah. Not, not, not. Pre, pre, pre. Yeah. Unloved, pre-rejected, whatever. Whatever your pick of poison is. It's a poisonous dart. And so, since he, what was I saying? Yes, so, it's my ability to believe him, trust, so everywhere that trust was broken, it was never God. So if I want to believe in him more, I have to restore my trust in him. And the one way I restore my trust in him is that I believe what, about him what he says he is. Have you ever had someone that believed something about you that wasn't true? Anybody ever had that? Anybody ever had anybody believe something and you knew it wasn't true about you? How did it make you feel? How did it make you feel? What? what mad? It's the clerics. Give me some introvert answers. Sad. Misunderstood. And what do you want to do about it? You wanted to disprove it, didn't you? How do you want to disprove it? Did you write a letter? Make a phone call? Send a text? What would you do? You know, I took this posture, which some of y'all do not understand about me, probably 40 years ago. I will not defend myself. And see, that's that every place that trust is broken, that is what we're doing. We're trying to get people to fix what people did, and only God can do that. He is the healer. You see, I cannot be in covenant when I'm broken. Because, see, a covenant is made by two agreeable, equal parties. See, how I make a covenant with God is that I believe He's Lord. That's the agreeable covenant connection point. I didn't say everything in my life was perfect. I get to come all gross. Come right out of the sewer. Okay, I think today's the day. I repent, I'm sorry. I believe you're Lord. He don't care. He's got the hose. He just hose you down. See, but then that covenant relationship has a response. See, some of us are still so orphan mindset that we think 
We can say we're covenant, but we wait for the other person to do all the action. That's why we can't have good relationships. You know, Bill was saying this about, I loved it, I just loved it so much. About, since he speaks, then we exist, then out, he said that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. And it was so interesting because that word mouth, I looked it up, and it says, since thoughts of a man's soul find verbal utterance, by his mouth, then the heart or the soul and the mouth are distinguished as two different things. That's why he said, see, he's, do you understand he's trying to get all the parts in you to connect in the covenant? He doesn't, there's no portion of you that can be left out and you still be covenantal. You can't, you can't have your heart be over here, but your soul be over here. No more than you can be separated from your flesh. So all of you, he's trying to get all of you to be equally conjoined over here with him in covenant. Why? So that he can do something inside of you. So then the thing he gave you to create, creates out of the heart of the father. Creates out of the heart of that I'm covenant. I'm a, I have a covenant voice. And my covenant voice was meant to come to earth on this pre-created day to experience the covenant in as many ways and bring the covenant to as many people as I can. And I have to share this voice of the covenant. And somebody can tell if you're covenant. See, you can tell if somebody knows you. That's why when someone says something about you that's not like you, you want to prove them wrong. And see, God wants us to say about him how we know him. That's why he said you can cover the earth with the knowledge of how you know him so that when you speak about him, your life resonates that you really actually know him. Then you're not saying something about him that isn't even true about him and somebody will know because what I said at the beginning, the enemy knows whether you're godlike by what comes out of your mouth. And so I propose to you, this is our challenge that is set before us. Are we going to participate in steward the voice of the covenant? Or in six months from now, we're going to say, I maybe had a dream about somebody and God can't go to the vault of your good stewarded words and pull it out to be able to pluck it on today and let it grow into somebody's heart. That's your challenge. Such a good word Whew, from start to finish. No pause in between. Just solid goodness. Just fire. Home run after home run after home run after home run. Yes, and all the points go to Jesus. All right. That's what, that's what sports are going to be like in heaven is what I hear. All the point winning points go to Jesus. It's perfect. I love sports. I'm excited about still being able to play sports in heaven. 
Well, you know, the, I love that. The voice of the covenant is so powerful. The voice of the covenant is to speak to us so that we can partner with him and do the pray ahead initiative, do the powerful thing. But the voice of the covenant also trains us and teaches us truth, brings us, us truth, puts people in our lives to speak truth to us. Because why do we need the truth? Because the truth exposes the places that we have lies. And, you know, I'm just trying to, I always try to put together the, all the breadcrumbs and the pieces of the day and the message and what's on the Holy Spirit's heart from the beginning of the day all the way through. And so, um, you know, the problem, one of the things that he was highlighting for me this morning was this emphasis on how destructive the lies and things that we partner with, often unknowingly, those, those lies that the truth exposes, when we partner with those and make it part of our, our life, we make it part of our operating system, then it's so destructive. It's, it bring, it's an open door for the enemy to work in ways that we don't fully give credit for. And it's not just sickness. It's, I mean, financial trouble, all sorts of things that, because we're not, we don't even think um, and realize what it is. It's um, how much of an open door it is. And it doesn't even have to be directly related. So it's not like you can weigh on the scale and say, well, I feel like this is going to give me more financial security if I prioritize, you know, my job over what God said to do. And that doesn't mean that if you disobey God there or you, you partner with a lie there, that it's just going to be a financial loss to you. It, it's just a simply an open door and the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy and he'll do it however he can, however you let him in. And this dream that I had last night that we I, I put into our notebook for us all to pray into for the specific family is also a truth for all families. And it just showed how utterly destructive it was for generations, you know, that we 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 weave these lies that we partner with and still operate with, or whether it's, you know, control or pride or the Jezebel spirit or on and on. You guys know the whole list. Um, that we weave that into our family line. And then the generations that follow us, sometimes they have to go through an entire process before, before they're even willing to let go or a stop break partnership with that thing. It's just so destructive. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was just really wanting to highlight for us how destructive those kinds of things can be. And so when we see that, when we we have the precious voice of the Holy Spirit or the voice of someone who the Holy Spirit put on our path to speak truth to us. It is such a priceless life-saving gift it, to change generational lines. It's not just a tiny little thing that's going to affect today or tomorrow, but your, your children or the, the spiritual children, the people that come after you for generations, you're either removing it from your family line or you're weaving it in tighter. And this, you know, this customer that that we spoke of, Desram's customer that we're going to be praying for, and I hope all of you will join in in praying because the Holy Spirit is really entrusting us with this, like like Tisa said, to give Shooty that dream six months ago and then give so many different puzzle pieces today from so many different people in this tribe made sense. And so he's really trusting us with this. And so we want to be able to, to, to pray for them, but it's it was really able to be seen in that particular family. There's three generations represented that were all being affected by partnership with some sort of a lie or something from the enemy. And it's, it's exhausting and it's, it's painful and it's, it's just destructive. And so 
the cool thing is, is that what I woke up with while I was literally thinking about all the details of this dream that was really, really graphic and very intense, I realized that the words going through my head, like Tisa said, was that um, you are high and lifted up for me. And Papa makes it so cool. It's so, so simple because that's all it takes is to say you are high and lifted up for me. Over that lie that was just revealed in me, you're high and lifted up over that for me. It's just a personal choice and that's all it takes. And so we're going to have opportunities and I am declaring this. We're all going to have opportunities in the next day, okay, in the coming days to make a choice. Am I going to surrender to that thing I've partnered with in the past or am I going to choose with my moment to exalt him, his truth over that thing I've partnered with? in that moment. It's a moment by moment choice. And so I love that it's, it's really that simple. It's just putting him in, the, in that higher place. It's just putting him above the thing that we have unknowingly, often unknowingly put above him. And so truth sets us free. And so I love that today, you know, this entire worship set and time of prayer, we, what we did, we did that. We exalted his name. That's what those, those initial words were. I, you know, I, I choose to lift your name above all the other names that I've ever claimed. I've ever claimed. I used to say my anxiety, you know, or my fear on that subject or my this or my that. And you may not have used those, used those exact words, but you've claimed something and partnered with it. So I'm lifting your name above all other names I've ever claimed. And so we, that was the theme over the entire time was just lifting his name up, waving his, the banner of his name. And the cool thing was that as soon as worship, the worship service stopped and I turned off my microphone, I could not help but hear this other little melody that was saying, basically, I see freedom over me. I see freedom over me. I see freedom over me and I receive it. It was just this sweet, simple little melody. And he was saying, that's what happens. You exalt me. You, you lift my name up and, and you freedom opens up over you. And all you have to do is receive it. And you will see it. You will see freedom open up over you. I, you will say, I see freedom over me. And all you have to do is say, I receive it. And that's the whole process. Then you're free and you're able to partner with him and wield the sword of the spirit and wield and actually do something with that armor of God. I've got to add this part too. the armor of God, the armor of God. Like she said, I was, I was listening to this guy talk and sharing his incredible revelations about the word and the armor of God. He said that the armor is, it's not just literally what the Bible says, you know, scripture says about the helmet and the belt and all that, but each piece of the armor of God represents a revelation about God, about man, about everything he made. Each piece represents a revelation. So like you realize salvation, the message of salvation was a revelation. Humanity didn't know it before. It had to be revealed. And I, I can't go into all of them now because I just barely scratched the surface of understanding it myself. So if you think that each piece of armor is actually a revelation, the revelation being poured out right now, he said, is the sword of the spirit. It's the last one mentioned, you know, in the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And he said, it's the prophetic joining with the word of God is the revelation of being able to wield the sword of the spirit. So 
the, the putting on the full armor of God isn't just to protect you as you go through your day. It's meant to ultimately protect you while you go into battle. So you can wear the armor and then pick up your sword and actually do something with it. And that's what we're doing with this pray ahead initiative. We can wield the sword. We can join the prophetic with the truth of the word of word of God. We can even teach other people to do it as we, after we pray over them, like Tisa said. So that's what the freedom enables us to do. We receive a truth about something that's revealed in us. We decide with our will that I will choose to exalt him, that truth and exalt him over that lie that makes us more whole, that makes us more able to operate in the revelations of God that have been poured out. And then we are able to pick up the sword of the spirit and actually wield it and work with him to do something. And, and it's just by exalting him, exalting him. And so I just want everybody to stand up and we're just going to say thank you for this word tonight. Thank you for all the truth. And we just say we exalt you again, Papa. We just we lift your name up. We lift your name up higher than all the other names we've ever claimed. And then just repeat after me. I see freedom over me. And I receive it. So we thank you, Papa. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And we will say thank you from the bottom of our hearts with every moment, with every breath, with every day of our lives, because we love you and we are so grateful for you. And we are so passionately, passionately in love with you. And so we just, we just love you. I can't stop saying it. We love you. 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 So we say, let it be so, let it be done in 20, 21. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay